today on This Christian Life. I had a series of events that happened to me that was traumatic. Uh, I certainly didn't turn to God because He was, in my mind, probably a lot like a dictator. How does God transform His enemy into His servant? For the Apostle Paul, it was a three-day blindness. For our guest David Pello, it was a deadly bacteria and an unusual man who helped save his life. He was ex-military and he understood how to get things done. And he finds me there collapsed out in the parking lot. And he says, man, are you okay? And I couldn't even talk at this point. I hurt so bad in my brain and my head hurt so bad. And I told him, I said, man, I got it bad. I got it bad. I got it bad. Now to get to a man like Dave Pello, you have to carve a trail through the Deep South. Now the Deep South is home to many types of people. Most are friendly, and some are not. Some are friends of God, and some are not. Dave Pello was definitely not. God was constantly moving me down the road when I answered him in a very arrogant way. He knew that I loved him and I was scared to death of him, honestly. Like I was just scared of him. I wanted to see him desperately as a loving God, the God of the Bible, but frankly, it was very hard for me to do that. So I went into ministry and I overshot the entire gospel road and I went completely over the gospel road and landed in the other ditch. There's two ditches on the side of the road. One is the ditch of sin and death. And the other is the ditch of Phariseeism, which is also miserable. Now, what is a Pharisee? You may have heard of them before and thought they were, you know, the strict conservatives of their time. But actually, they were the progressives. They didn't just follow the written law of God. They followed the oral traditions as well. And in doing so, they added a bunch of laws and a bunch of rules that God never intended. But their biggest fault is that they thought their obeying of their rules would save them. They couldn't see the truth because they were too busy focusing on their own goodness, which made them totally unwilling to recognize the Messiah when he came and the grace he offered because their own spiritual pride was in the way. I had a series of events that happened to me that was traumatic. Uh, I certainly didn't turn to God because he was in my mind, probably a lot like a dictator. So what the Lord needed to do was he needed to put me in some kind of rock grinder and just start grinding away the hardness of that heart. And so what he chose, because of his wisdom and love for me, he chose bacterial meningitis. One of the reasons that uh, bacterial meningitis in the brain is so deadly is, is it's asymptomatic. Mold, bugs, bacteria, they all seem to be more prominent in the South. Believe me, I know, I'm in Nashville. And trust me, you do not want bacterial meningitis. It's deadly in most cases and lets you catch it on time. Bacteria enters the bloodstream mostly by accident, then it travels through the blood to the brain and the spinal cord. Dave met this nemesis unexpectedly on a beautiful day by the water. My son was on the dock and I was playing with him. He jumped in the water, but was unable to swim. And I went out after him. I fell wrong and I had a bunch of dirty lake water went up in my sinuses. 
and I was underneath the water and I was actually holding my son out of the water with one hand. And so I got out of the lake and I didn't realize that I had all of this bacteria in my head. It just burned really bad. I started experiencing uh, fatigue. I went to a clinic and they gave me the flu shot, thought I had the flu, and then I went home. Uh, it didn't improve, and so I went to another clinic, and this is where the Lord's story just starts. He just starts interceding. At this clinic, a doctor from India, a fill-in doctor that uh, was very familiar with bacterial meningitis because of his village in India, I would find out that he was only there one day of the year. And I just tell him, look, I just want antibiotics. I'm, I'm sick and I want to get out of here. And he looks at me and he says, I think you've got bacterial meningitis. Now you need to go to the hospital. I'm about to call an ambulance. Why are you not saying anything? Why are you not listening to me? It's not that I'm not listening. I'm not, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just trying to process what you're saying. Those are the exact words I use. And he told me, he said, process this. If you don't get in the ambulance, you're a dead man in two days. So to tell you about the type of willpower that God was dealing with, I went and paid my bill and I went home. That's the kind of willpower that God, that, that God had to deal with. And also that kind of will creates destruction. And I remembered him clear as day telling me, you go to the hospital, don't go for you. You go for your wife and your two children. And so I went, I went to the hospital. I live in a very deep South culture and a university town, and there, there are two types of individuals here. Uh, there's kind of professorial types, and then there's hunters, outdoorsmen, those types. And so I was out in the parking lot, I'd gotten in the emergency room, and I'd collapsed in the parking lot. And there was a hunter type that had come to me. And then this particular gentleman w was coming back from the hospital because he had, was in a beer drinking game and had swallowed a bottle cap. And so he was in the hospital for a number of weeks. Uh, they had to remove the bottle cap. I mean, someone that was in a drinking game that swallowed a bottle cap and had to have a piece of his intestine removed. So he understood the system. He understood the hospital. He'd been there before. It was ex-military and he understood how to get things done. And he finds me there collapsed out in the parking lot. And he says, man, are you okay? And I couldn't even talk at this point. I hurt so bad and my brain and my head hurt so bad. And I told him, I said, man, I got it bad. I got it bad. I got it bad. Dave Pillow had it bad, so God sent the baddest of the bad, a man who swallowed a beer bottle cap and actually survived. God sent him to rescue his fellow bad man, Dave, from his brain being eaten by a bacteria. And I don't know what he did or what he said as a warrior, but God used him to go in there. He brought a whole host of nurses out there and they were scooping me up into the gurney. It was a football game weekend in the college, and so there were a lot of accidents. That's probably why it took so long, as they were so busy. But this is when I knew it was really bad, is on the way into that, the nurse was rebuking the other nurse for letting me cut in line. And they said, you shouldn't let him cut in line because we've got a long line. And the first nurse knew that my life was in jeopardy. She said, I don't care, look at him. 
And that's when I knew, oh man, <laughs> this isn't good. Um, I've been hurt a lot in my life and, and I always knew how bad it was, but based on how people responded. And so we get in the emergency room and the lady came in, she was my doctor. At this point I was somewhat coherent and I could somewhat understand. And she had had meningitis in the past. It was a viral meningitis, which is not as bad as the bacterial, but she had had it. And it was interesting because all of the tests I kept running kept coming back as negative. And so a normal doctor would have probably believed the test, but she was very persistent. And she said, I don't believe these tests. And at this point, I'm really starting to go, I couldn't hardly understand. Her words were starting to kind of slur in my head. She kept saying, push through your pelvic floor, push through your pelvic floor. I knew that was like a yoga move, but I didn't really know what that meant. And all I could get out was, ma'am, I'm a dude. I have no idea what that means. I wasn't trying to be funny. I've since, uh, because that's meningitis has wrecked my body, I've actually taken up stretching. And so I know what that means now. But she told me, she said, arch your back like a cat. And so she flipped me over the table and basically did a battlefield spinal tap on me. When what they do in uh, now in radiation is, is they radiology will do it and it's very precise. It's using a computer. And she just knew that time was of the essence. There was a danger of hitting my spinal cord to paralyze me. That's why they don't do that. But she knew time was of the essence. So she literally flipped me over the table and then just, you know, jabbed me with a needle, got spinal fluid out, and she held it up to the light and it was cloudy as can be. And she said, see there, I knew it. I knew it. I knew I was right. So she sent me to the MRI. When I got to the room, they bring everything back and they show my brain scan and it looked like a piece of Swiss cheese. They're sitting there and they, they come in and, and they're talking about doing brain surgery and they need to find out what bacteria it is. At this point, they still honestly didn't know what it was. They just wanted to do brain surgery to go test it and find out what it was. And I remember them giving me a long list of things that I, they thought I had. They started lymphoma and they went down to about seven different cancers. None of these things you come back from. I remember telling the Lord, okay, well, it looks like I'm coming to join you. And I'm asking you to accept me into your hands and accept me into your kingdom. What I got back was, why don't you ask me to save your life? And it was clear as a bell. Well, that was a shocking thought. I'd never thought about that before. And so I said, okay, God, I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't realize that. I do not want my wife to be without a husband. And I do not want my kids to be without a father. He did it. That's the day Dave Pillow, an enemy of God, realized that God was no enemy of his. God spoke to him as a friend and a caring father. And the Southern man finally remembered what life was all about. It was all about Jesus first, his family second, and Dave, a very distant third. I had told God, if you take me to that horizon, you will break me emotionally and physically, and I will not be able to return. And I was honest with him in that. And he did. He took me right up to the edge of it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
Every breath we take is courtesy of God and His infinite grace. In Dave's brain, it will never be quite the same, but in one sense he is sharper than ever before, filled with spiritual knowledge and God's Holy Spirit to guide him. So I got out of this experience and buddy, I'm telling you, I knew God. I knew God and I was on fire for him. I was a shell of my former self, but I tell you, I was alive for the gospel and I was on fire for the Lord. You never know what direction God will take you. And in Dave's case, there's a twist. There's more, much more. After Dave healed, God set him on an unexpected path, a path to help people discover God's word in new ways. He led Dave to create a video Bible, a way to share the good news to all, regardless of their literacy, education, or learning disabilities. I feel like he wants me to encourage the body of believers and to help people like me that had a, a lopsided understanding would be a, uh, a fair way to put it. And oh, by the way, if you ever visit the Deep South around Christmas time, you might find Dave wandering around a very fancy golf course and on it, a nativity scene, one of the most gorgeous Christmas displays you'll ever see. Enemies of God actually tried to shut it down one time, but that's a different story. One you'll have to hear us tell at Christmas time. Just one more thing to look forward to in this Christian life. This Christian Life is a production of Family Stations Incorporated and is not affiliated with Christian Life Magazine or Plus Communications Incorporated. Family Radio.